Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. go out to Bradenton, Florida. We seem to go there a lot these days where we find the Trib's Kevin Gorman, whom I have known for decades now. I'm a little bit better of a basketball player than him, or I used to be. Hello, Gormy. How are you? Hi, Joe. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, man, I have a lot of questions. What's happening down here? First, I want to know what you've what you've observed with O'Neal Cruz. I feel like in some ways he's he's the key to the season. I know there's a lot of other questions and keys, but, man, he needs to be great. Is he moving around the same way where if you watched him, you wouldn't know he was ever injured? I don't know if I can say that, Joe, but he's moving around well. I don't see any obvious signs of the injury. I don't see any limp. I don't see any, um, you know, any inability to get some balls in the infield. You know, the first day we were watching him very closely, the first day of full squad workouts, and, you know, and he wasn't sharp, but there, that, I think some of that's rust. And, and I, I say this in fairness, you know, some of the balls that he was missing, he, Brian Hayes was missing balls. I mean, this is, this was the day after a complete downpour on, um, on Sunday, it just rained all day and they were practicing on a turf field. So it, it might've just been, you know, guys kind of, working out some kinks, but he looks noticeably stronger, more muscular. Uh, that's a good thing for the pirates. And I don't think there's as much concern with O'Neill's ability and dexterity um, in terms of playing shortstop as maybe there is with him running the bases and sliding. I think those were the two tests that the pirates were most concerned with uh, in this off season. They, they had some videos that they were sending from the Dominican Republic to pirates manager, Derek Shelton. And he saw him, you know, running the bases. He saw him sliding, but that's where O'Neill expressed that there were some trust issues that he had to overcome. Was you know trusting that that ankle could handle sharp turns and, and that he would not panic like he did when he was injured on the slide into home plate against the White Sox on April 9th. So I would imagine this early in camp, you haven't seen him at full sprint in any situation, have you? Like legging out a no. triple or something. No, I think we'll see that probably this weekend, uh, hopefully this weekend when they start playing games on Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, that hopefully we'll get a chance to see, you know, the real, the real O'Neill Cruz in, in, in every facet. 
The two main questions other than that for me are, when do we see Paul Skeens and have you seen him close up yet throwing the ball? Yes, I've actually watched him uh, throw the ball a few times, once in a bullpen session, uh, and then today throwing live batting practice. And, you know, you, you hear people talk about how the ball comes out of his hand heavy and about how, you know, obviously he throws with very high velocity, a guy who touches triple digits with little effort. Uh, what I saw today sitting behind the batting cage and, and videoing it, which I have a, a tweet of him throwing a live BP, I saw it against Nick Gonzalez. I, I tweeted about him. I tweeted a video of him uh, pitching to Joshua Palacios, but I saw the movement. And when you're seeing the high velocity come in and then the movement at the end of the, you know, at the end of the pitch as it's crossing the plate, you just see how dangerous the guy becomes. And the other thing is when you see him in person, and this is, it's not just limited to Paul Skeens, but for a guy who's 21 years old to see this, when you see him in person and, and you stand next to him, you see just how big he is. And then you see that extension coming down the mound. I mean, they got, we're talking about a guy six, six and a half, 250 pounds and still has room to fill out physically in his upper body. Um, this is a guy who's an imposing presence and is certainly going to be one on the mound. And I really just think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, Pirates fans practicing a little bit of patience, which is, you know, kind of like a four letter word to them. Uh, but this is a guy who simply needs to, work on pitching every five days after being a Friday night starter in college and has to work on using all five of his pitches in his repertoire because he really didn't have to throw much other than, you know, his, his fastball and slider in college. In fact, I asked one of his minor league coaches last year about his changeup. And he said, the problem with his changeup at LSU was that it was bat speed level for college hitters. It was almost giving them a break. Mm. So these are just these are just pitches he hasn't used because he hasn't needed them. And, and, and I think that's what we're going to see. What are we going to see with Henry Davis? That's the other big question here. Uh, a couple people I've spoken with have actually been impressed with his catching, such as you can tell so far into spring training. What's going to happen with this guy? What do you think the plan is? Do you think they're really open to anything with him? Well, I mean, they're certainly talking about giving him a realistic shot at winning one of the two catcher spots. And they've already said that Yasmani Grandal, the free agent who was signed, um, who's a 12-year veteran and two-time All-Star, is going to be one of the catchers. They did not ordain him the starter like maybe they did with Austin Hedges last year and Roberto Perez the year before. But they said that Grandal is going to be one of the two. So it's a, it's a matter of Davis competing. Most likely, it's a two-man competition, even though there's others involved with Jason DeLay, who was the backup last year. I think Henry spent so much time working on catching this offseason. Uh, that's the same as every offseason, but I think the concentration was, hey, you have a realistic shot of being, you know, at worst, the backup catcher. Um, I think we need to see how he handles, and I, and I think Henry Davis will tell us whether he's ready or not, or, or more so show us whether, whether he's ready or not. You know, if, if he's handling the pitches and if he's handling the balls in the dirt, if he's blocking pitches, if he's framing pitches, you can see that this is a guy who's worked on his receiving, but he was considered raw. Um, but if, if balls are getting past him and he's struggling in the spring, then that'll tell us everything we need to know. I've seen some people mention that he might start the season in AAA. I don't really see that as a realistic option. I think at worst, Henry Davis will be a guy who plays right field, um, You know, maybe serves as a designated hitter when they need Andrew McCutcheon to take a day off here and there and, and can also play be your emergency catcher or be a guy who catches once a week 
Um, but I, I don't see him, you know, they brought him up last year for his bat. And I don't think the bat has gotten any worse uh, with the concentration on the defensive end of things. So I, I, I see him as being on the opening day roster. But, uh, you know, Henry Davis will dictate that uh, with his play this spring. Kevin Gorman, live from Bradenton. He's on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline. Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net and social media's biggest loser, Malsey, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at one at awaken180weightloss.com. All right, Gormy. Uh, how about Nick Gonzalez? That's another high draft pick that I'm beginning to wonder about. What's uh, what's his role going to be? What's he battling for? Yeah, I mean, he's he's battling for the starting second base job, and he's got a lot of competition. I actually spoke with Nick this morning about it. And this is a guy who understands that, you know, there's some eyes on him because he was Ben Charrington's first draft pick, signed for a big bonus, and, and is a guy who was known for his bat. Um, you know, obviously, he, the guy he's competing with most, you know, most likely is Leavir Pagero, who's also his best friend in the organization, his former double play partner. Mm. So those guys came up through the ranks together, which is interesting. But he's also got, you know, Jiwon Bay, who was the opening day starter at second base last year. I think the Pirates would probably prefer to have him in center field because of his speed, but he can play both positions. Um, and then you have Jared Triola, who can play at seemingly any position, but certainly first, second, and third in the infield, uh, is, is, has experience in the minors at short and at center field. So I could see Triolo being kind of a super utility guy, especially with the way he played over the final month plus of the season last year. But Gonzalez, you know, it, it's not just those guys that he's competing with, but you have, you know, the 2022 first-round pick in Tamar Johnson, who's only 19 years old, is going to start the season in minors. But there's some people saying, like, hey, there's already rumblings that this is a guy who's talented enough that if he has a good season, maybe starts the season double A and bumps up to triple A and could finish the season in September playing for the pirates. So there's, there's no room for comfort for a guy like Nick Gonzalez. Uh, last year, the concentration was much more on his uh, defense that he could play second and short and play even a little bit of third last spring this year. It's much more on kind of getting his back that back to where he was considered college baseball's best hitter when he was in his junior year at New Mexico state, because the Pirates have invested in all of these guys. Bay was an international signing as a free agent. Piguero was the, you know, the, the receiving end on the Starling Marte trade. And Gonzalez was Ben Charrington's first-round uh, first pick. So, you know, the, the, Pirates, the Pirates want these guys to succeed. But, you know, in, in this case, it may come at some of their, you know, teammates and close friends' expense. So in your travels there so far, Kevin, what has jumped out to you that's a little bit off the beaten path? Maybe a guy that you didn't know about, that we don't know about, who's really talented, maybe something you saw in a drill. Anything that's jumped out to you really opened your eyes. You know that Aroldis Chapman throws 100 miles an hour or averages, I think he sits around 99 on his four-seamer. You know that he's 6'4", 235. When you see this man in person walking through the clubhouse, he is an absolute giant. I mean, he is 6'4", 235, and absolutely chiseled. Um, it's hard to believe he's, what, 35, 36, 37 years old, whatever he is, the, the physical stature. To see him and to see Paul Skeens and to see O'Neill Cruz walking around the clubhouse, guys that are all somewhere between 6'4 and 6'7, uh, this is a team that has players that looked the part. 
And there's years past where you couldn't say that. You know, Brian Reynolds is a physical specimen. Andrew McCutcheon, you know, came in looking very athletic and muscular. You know, th- this is a team that has guys finally that when you see that lineup, those guys step out there. They look like they have baseball players. They look like they have potential all-stars. Uh, I don't know if that means this is a team that is built to contend. I don't know if this is a team that is playoff ready, but it certainly has a different look, at least the physical stature and presence of the Pirates. And some of the guys that were considered young guys just a year or two ago are now some of the veterans, like, you know, Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes um, and Mitch Keller. You know, I mean, Mitch Keller is another guy. I, I saw him in his first live batting practice, and he looked sharp. You know, you don't see guys look that sharp this early in camp. And Mitch looks like he's ready to go. This team has a different look. Whether that translates to winning, I can't predict that. But I can tell you that this team looks different than it did in spring trainings in years past. Do you get the distinct impression, as others do, that Ben Charrington still wants to add at least one proven starting pitcher? No question. I mean, he's been talking about it for a long time. Um, you know, there, there's been talks about Edward Cabrera from the Miami Marlins. I, I don't know that they're zeroed in on him, just him. But um, I, I'm, I'm curious, given the the amount of depth that they have in the middle infield, at second base especially with, you know, Bay, Peguero, Gonzalez, and Triolo, uh, and, and the amount of starting, you know, I think they have something like seven of their top ten prospects in the minors are starting pitchers, that this is a team that can afford to swing the prospects and young players for a starting pitcher type deal. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, the the free agent market hasn't quite played itself out yet. So there might be some teams that, um, you know, that are willing to trade after that plays out and and see if the asking prices can can go up once, you know, everybody's out of the Blake Snell market. Um, So, I don't, I don't, I'm surprised they have it. I, I think that's the one thing that people would feel better about is if you know if you go beyond Mitch Keller, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, and you add one more veteran starter, that gives Quinn Priester, Luis Ortiz, and Ronzi Contreras, and uh, Bailey Falter, if you want to include him, that gives that gives some more leverage to have some depth in the minors and to have you know some guys that could turn into long relievers. Because you, you know that this year that they have Jared Jones and they have Paul Skeens waiting in the wings, and you have young guys like Bubba Chandler and Anthony Solomedo, that starting pitching isn't going to be as big of an issue next year and the year after it is, as it is right now. But right now, I don't know that the Pirates have enough to, to really have a strong starting rotation. But I'll, I'll hedge here and say, I think this rotation, no matter who's in it, might be better than last year's starting rotation when you consider that it was a Keller that we didn't really know what we had with him where he's now an all-star, followed by Rich Hill, who was 42 years old. Vince Velasquez is a guy who's been DFA'd a couple times and dealt with some arm issues. And you had Ronzi Contreras and Johan Oviedo, who was kind of a last-minute addition when JT Brubaker went down with TJ surgery. So I feel like their their starting pitching could be better than it was last year. But uh, last year, it was great for the first month when they had, what, uh, 18 quality starts out of the first 28. But then after that, you know, it became a serious concern. And the greater depth you have, the better chances you are uh, able to overcome injuries or ineffectiveness. Gormy, I appreciate you taking the time down there, enjoying your coverage. Let's talk again soon, okay? Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, my friend. There he is, Kevin Gorman. Gormy the owl.
as he's affectionately known. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And that's pertinent right now because Tech's in the city, which was saved yesterday by Fort Myers, is coming back for another round today. And do you have some good ones back there, City Limits? We do have some pretty good ones yeah. today. All, all it takes is a text with a hot take in your name. No questions, no anonymous texts. Just just have a hot take. That's it. And the listeners then, brought it today. Did they? They also don't like that we said that uh, Austin City Limits is in Nashville instead of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Because, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's easy that. to have brain farts. Well, you're blaming me. You're the one who said it was in Nashville. I'm blaming myself. Yes. Um, I was trying to get us, I was trying to involve me with you, but then it went too far. Anyway, yeah, you've got a lot of good texts here, and it's going to be a rousing session of that. Maybe a couple of Jerry Dulac uh, questions from his chat today. For instance, Harry Callis weighed in. Jerry, are you convinced Mike Tallman really wants Mason Rudolph back after the multiple times he's buried him on the depth chart? I'll tell you what Jerry said to that and text in the city. Next, uh, first, the time right now is 126. Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. Let's talk a little NBA for FanDuel, shall we? Because I'm really looking forward tomorrow night to Lakers Warriors. You're going to have two rested stars in Steph and LeBron. And the last time they played, did they combine for nearly 100 points, I think? This time's going to be just as good. I'd go over with both them on points. Anyway, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge, America's number one sports book, because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21-plus, present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Pirates' first spring training game is on Saturday. You can listen to it right here on 93.7 The Fan. 105 against the Minnesota Twins. Then stick around for Pitt basketball against Virginia Tech at 5.30. Our coverage right here on The Fan begins at 5 o'clock, and you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Do, do, do. Da, 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 da. do you know this song? Da, 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 da. <laughs> that's why we pay you the big money, City oh, Limits. Yeah, that's why. This is a great wedding song. Crank it up for a minute, will you? We don't know the words, we just hum it. Sing that part, City Limits. Let my love open the door. Thank you, Pete. What a great song. It's What's Cooking, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. Thank you, Mr. Rooter. Very kindly. Call 412-Rooter2, also brought to you by your local Geico rep, Tim Hester. Oh, thank you, Mr. Hester. Very kindly. The 50-minute mark on the fan coming up, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge, Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. So, we have texts in the city coming up, but first, I promise you the answer to a couple of uh, questions in the Jerry Dulac chat. One from Harry Callis. Jerry, are you convinced Mike Tomlin really wants Mason Rudolph back after the multiple times he's buried him on the depth chart? Jerry, really good question by uh, Harry Callis. Good job, Harry. Right? Harry put in a little overtime today and asked a question in the mailbag. Um, I'm not convinced the Steelers want Rudolph back at all for the reasons I've mentioned. It's a ready-made uh, broiler of a quarterback controversy, and I'm not sure they want to invite that. I think, and and I also am not sure that they, even the people who think Rudolph might be the better choice here, probably don't think that Rudolph is the guy who's going to take them places where they want to go in the long run. So what what's the point here? They can go out and bring in a Ryan Tannehill or a Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that, a Gardner Minshew, and do the same thing, maybe even upgrade a little. And And bottom line is, I'm convinced they want to give Kenny one more shot, and they want to do it unencumbered. I don't think they want real competition for him. I'd love to be surprised. I think they want a caretaker backup who can come in if he fails or gets hurt. That's what I think. What say you, City Limits? Yeah, I think so. They're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And, I mean, I don't know if the Steelers have really necessarily thought in their minds that Kenny Pickett has gotten the fairest shake with Canada, injuries, all kind of other things, that if he doesn't prove it this year, okay, that's it. We move on. How about this little barn burner? Sarah J asks, Jerry, your colleagues at the PG said they don't think a Deontay Johnson extension is likely. If that's the case, why not trade him this offseason? Jerry says, I tend to agree. I've been saying that for a while, that this is the perfect offseason to trade Deontay. Man, you can get receivers anywhere and everywhere in the draft. People do it all the time. That's a very big cap hit for not a ton of production. I thought he played better at the end of the year, but that turned out to be a bad contract, right? What if you get a second-round pick for Deontay Johnson that you can go and trade to Chicago for Justin Fields as a part of that type of package? Now you're talking. Now you're talking, City Limits. Sign Tyler Boyd to be a slot receiver. Again, that's why we pay you the big bucks. Now, Jerry, somebody asked about uh, Tyler Boyd. He said, I don't think Tyler Boyd for Deontay is a fe- is is an equal swap. Um. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry. The question from Sarah J is drawing some response from people. Yeah. I mean, people could have the same names as people in other industries, right? To me, this is just a normal person <laughs> texting in. Um, linebacker Lounge says, Jerry, you seem to be a big supporter of ADA. <laughs> do, you have, do you have no concern of his reliability when considering a new contract? Talking about Fryermuth, of course. Jerry says, I am a big backer. And if you're referring to his reliability in terms of injuries, I don't have any concern. Do you like that one? Yeah, I, I like Fryermuth and all that we've been told about Arthur Smith, whether it be from people in Atlanta and people from Tennessee on this very show, is that he likes to utilize tight ends. So it should be a feast type of year. And if it's a famine type of year, Fryermuth's probably gone. Yeah, I don't know how much money I want to pay him. I feel like I can get a tight end, too. I feel like at his best, he's sort of, uh, you know, new age type of tight end who can get down the field a little bit. Seems like a reliable receiver, but he's not much of a blocker. I'm a little lukewarm on him and that whole draft pick. I mean, it could have been Creed Humphrey. Anyway, John says, hi, Jerry. And I like the salutation, don't you? City limits, it's very polite. And very friendly. Do you still send handwritten notes to people? I, I think the last time I did was my college graduation, and I sent written notes to people. I think you should do it. You went, should do yeah. it more often when you get interviews and things like that. I like to send texts, no. email responses. No, no, handwritten notes. Yeah, they're the key. Okay, a lot of people, especially you know people fifteen, twenty, and more years older than you, really appreciate that city limits. It's a good suggestion as you try to work your way up in the world. Appreciate it. You're welcome. This guy says, what year will the Steelers win their next playoff game? Jerry says 2024. Next year, this year? Do you agree with that, City Limits? Um, I got to see consistent play from Kenny Pickett if that's going to be the case or where the Steelers are even going to be That situated. was a yes or no question. I'll say yes. Just one. What? Just one game. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm usually an optimistic kind of guy. You know, now thinking about their schedule, it's going to be difficult, very difficult, compared to this year's schedule, which was relatively easy. That's one of the things. Yes, it's a very, very different kind of schedule than the last two years, potentially. Now, they've gotten some luck with with other teams' quarterbacks getting injured, but I think that's going to get tougher. They have the extra game on the road, I believe, instead of at home this year. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes, I am. And then I see... You know, if these quarterbacks stay healthy, Josh Allen is not going to sit home for the playoffs. I know he almost did this year. I know he did. But in the end, the Bills were plus 140 with a five-game winning streak. They were one of the best teams in the AFC. They're going to have their defense back intact. Baltimore's going to make it. Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow. That's three. Houston with C.J. Stroud. And I think Jacksonville will have a great shot, better than the Steelers, with Trevor Lawrence. And then Kansas City. So that's one. Two, three, four, five, six. So there's typically one spot left, just like usual, right? One spot left, and that'll be Tua and the Dolphins still talented. Is Aaron Rodgers coming back? What about your Cleve Brownies? And what about the Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert Chargers? They're going to be good. I'm going to make a wild, out-of-the-box prediction and say the Steelers are going to finish 9-8, and eight and either get in or out on the last week of the season. I know I'm going out on a limb there, city limits, but I think that's what's going to happen. That's what's happened the last couple of years. Yes, that's why I was being sarcastic. No limb to be had. And then they're going to get blown out of a playoff game if they get in or not get to one at all. You like that? I do. 
Can we get to text in the city? What time are we done? Uh, a couple minutes. Two minutes? Yep. What didn't you tell me before this? I did. When? You must not have heard me. No. Oh, I like that a lot. It's the segment, the show-ending segment known as Text in the City. You write in your hot takes. City Limits and I judge them on a scale of 1 to 10 like we're Olympics. Gymnastic judges. No questions. Attach your name. Please read them. Newton Aspinwall. Given that both Wait a second. Newt? Yeah. I love that name. Go ahead. Given that both the Steelers and Pens are mirrored in mediocrity, it's time for a Pittsburgh mic drop. Move on from both Tomlin and Sullivan. Mike drops very creative writing. I give him a nine because it it feels like it's getting about that time. Penguins are where they were when Sully got here. Malaise has set in. Some stars underperforming. Depression everywhere with the Penguins. He's the guy that jump-started that all those years ago. He's the guy that seems to be exacerbating it right now. It's the closest it's ever been. And I love that word. Garrett and Sarver. Hot take. The Pirates will win more games than the L.A. Dodgers in 2024. He's out of his mind. I'll give him a five, put it right in the I like the guts. I'll give him a six. Fan weather. Fan weather. Hold on. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 57 today. I don't think I owe you anything else, do I, City Limits? Let's do two more texts. Two more. The Steelers in the 70s. This is from Wild Bill from Willard Hill (laughs) said (laughs) that they had a play they used to get a first down. The play was a play action fake handoff to Franco, then dumped the pass over to Franco over the middle. That play worked all year, 90% of the time. The Steelers need to use that play for for, for Najee Harris. I think it's a great play. The (laughs) play action throw to the running back. I'm going to give that man an 8.5 because he really spelled it out over the middle. Yeah, I think that's a great play. You they should ha- add that. You hate questions. This is the most wildest question I've ever seen. It's kind of a statement from Brian in Brookline. You're yeah. in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunting rifle, 7 buffalo, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, and 4 lions. Pick 2 to defend you while others attack you. Goals to survive an hour. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think Stephen A. Smith was asked this and answered it on his show and went viral on social media. Well, the gun for sure. Right. And then uh, just read the animals again, not how many. The bears, wolves, rats, gorillas, and lions. Bears, wolves. Now, the wolves are going down. The bears are probably going down. I feel like the rats can get some work done. <laughs> 10,000 rats. They have, a lot of rats. Yeah, they have leverage, and they're going to be nipping at everybody's heels. And if they're hungry and if they're rabid, I'll take the gun and the rats. I'll take the gun and the rats, too. What a lethal combination. Thank you, City Limits. You did a wonderful job today, and I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Pitt basketball dropped from 47 to 56 in the net rankings after its loss to Wake Forest. Back on Saturday at home, the Peterson Event Center at 530 against Virginia Tech. You can hear it right here on the fan beginning at 5 and on your free Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.